Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's Pentecost. It's Fitzroy. So anything is possible. Even with the formality and severity of a presbytery presence, there is still a wonderful Fitzroyal spirit in this place. The congregation, with its come-as-you-are earnestness, has gathered together. Chris Blake is at the helm of one of his umpteen bands. Your minister is busy surmising on some lyric when he's supposed to be paying attention to the sermon. And J.A.B. is no doubt conjuring up something emergent and experimental to spring on us later. I would not be surprised if at some point in this hour actual tongues of fire descend upon us from above. I mean, would that be stranger than seeing Stocky in a collar? No. So keep your eye on the assistant with the box of matches and the electric fan. Fitzroy has, as you know, this amazing way of weaving a variety of threads into worship almost seamlessly. Fitzroy has an impressive way of weaving a variety of lives into one congregation. There are folks in this room from the old school, those from a newer school, and those from no school at all. We call it a broad church, a tolerant church, a church where liberals and conservatives can mingle rather happily. I call it all too rare and wonderful and downright Pentecostal. And make no mistake about it, absolutely Presbyterian. You are individually dissimilar but communally led, self-contradictory but somehow cohesive as a whole. You represent what the Presbyterian system is supposed to be, a variety of authentic Christian expressions held together in the unity of the Spirit. Different, sometimes discordant voices harmonized by the word of God. We are here at an ordination service for four distinct individuals. An unmistakable reminder that as a church we are governed not by a pope or a bishop or a minister. We are ruled by elders, plural. The Presbytery Commission that stood before the kneelers remind us that we do not let lone congregations march off on their own. We think those in the assembly need to hold each other accountable. But the whole idea of an assembly, of a presbytery, of a congregation, is that we are all not the same, and that we are not supposed to be. We don't look the same. We don't sound the same. We don't think the same. 
Thank God. And indeed, we believe that the will of God is best discerned through consensus, through argument, through a plethora of opinion. None of us has all the answers. Any of us could offer part of the answer. That makes it messy, I grant you. It prevents us from making a lot of comprehensive, true-for-all-time, infallible declarations. But as Presbyterians, we are supposed to let all the various tongues be heard. As Presbyterians, we let light in from every corner. When we speak as Presbyterians in the world with our range of positions and our multitude of possibilities, it will probably sound a whole lot like gobbledygook. But hopefully... It sounds something like that first gathering at Pentecost, as if someone were hearing Greek, Roman, Hebrew, Aramaic, Parthian, Pamphylian, Phrygian, Egyptian, Arabic, all at the same time. For it's the variety of voices, not the loudest voice, that gives our church authenticity. It's from the cacophony of sound that those outside will be able to hear the message of Christ most clearly in their own language. By being a microcosm of that Presbyterian ideal, by being so wonderfully accessible to so many, by providing a home not only to liberals but conservatives, to traditionalists and radicals, to Bible thumpers and social gospelers, by holding everyone together by offering a little of this and just enough of that, Fitzroy broadcasts the comprehensive truth of Christ better than most of the congregations I know. The Gospel According To series is but one example of how you are letting people who many of us assume were well out of earshot hear the message of Christ in a language they already understood. So yes, you are a broad church. You stretch out wide enough to reach hipsters and homemakers Missionaries and monks, skeptics and ska fans, jazz singers, trad singers, students and profs, blow-ins and shut-ins, grannies and tots. But to be honest, when I think of Fitzroy, the first thing that comes to mind is not this wonderfully dissimilar collection of souls, nor is it your seemingly inexhaustible supply of worship musicians, though that is enviable. It is not even the eccentricity of your ministerial staff. (laughs) What strikes me most about Fitzroy is not how diverse you are, but how united you are. It's almost as if, having seemingly very little in common with one another, you are bound all the more tightly around what you do have in common your love of Christ, your concern for this world, your reliance on Scripture, your willingness to offer what you have to the whole. Freed to be our diverse selves as God created us, we find our unity in the Spirit of Christ that 
we as believers possess. What a mistake then, shall I say, the church would make if it demanded uniformity from all its members. What a mistake the college behind me would make if it trained its students for ministry to think the same, preach the same, act the same. When we narrow what it means to be Christian to one path, we close the door on others who have also been invited. When we isolate one lone voice and declare it to be the only one that's right, we silence the gospel for all those who could have heard the message in a different tongue. And when we demand that everyone conform to a single structure or system, we are simply asking for schism and separation. Making the choice a binary one. Binary one. You're either with us or not. It's either this or nothing. That is just too mechanical, too robotic to be of the Spirit. And speaking of robots, Paul, Stephen, Ivor, and David have just been ordained as elders in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. In doing so, they obligatorily signed the Westminster Confession of Faith. Some will tell you that this subscription forces them to think and act as if it were still 1646. There is a horrible belief in some people's minds that the eternal word of God was somehow crystallized once and for all by a bunch of men during the English Civil War. And that you and I don't ever have to wonder what God wants or what the Bible says because it was all laid out for us perfectly and completely 367 years ago. We may as well just turn the brains off. We may as well just stop asking questions. We should shut up and accept that this is the way it is. You're either with us or not. It's either this or nothing. It's good that Paul, Stephen, Ivor, and David have subscribed to the Westminster Confession. I did it. You should too. For it is what holds us in relationship with other Presbyterians on this island. It will remind us that we are not on our own, that we are not struggling with faith in isolation or disconnected from our history. The confession is the standard that Reformed Christians can turn to in order to figure out what those in our shared tradition thought was right. And by using it as a tether, you and I can go exploring other ideas while still being safely connected to one another. But just as it is right for us to subscribe to sign beneath the Westminster Confession and accept its sometimes rigid conformity as a tool for coherence, it is crucial that we always regard the Westminster Confession as subordinate to Scripture and Scripture as a far messier, far more diverse, far more accessible, spirit-led, life-filled witness to the eternal word of God. And so, 
Paul, Stephen, Ivor, David, I charge you. And so, congregation, I charge you as well to remember that you are not just obviously Christian, and you're not simply and majestically Fitzroyal. You are also undeniably and absolutely Presbyterian. And the Presbyterian Church in Ireland needs you. Needs you. To stop it getting stuck in 1646 with that generation's desire for certainty, allow it to return to the first century and to Pentecost's explosion of possibility. Don't let one another get stuck in the precision of a 300, 400-year-old confession. Go back to the Bible that it points to with all its ambiguity. And there, on that Pentecost day, and there, in that life-filled book, we will find something a whole lot like Fitzroy. You will find a strange, diverse, hodgepodge of an assembly, speaking in a variety of tongues, freed to convey the eternal word of God in whatever modern parlance makes sense at the moment. And you will also find the people of the book connected, tethered, bound to one another by the same spirit who speaks through each one of us when we turn to God, bringing the message of salvation in Jesus Christ to all who are within reach. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.